I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello. Hey. We're back. Hey. It is Friday. The May 28th? 27th, I think. Yeah, 27th. I don't know. Friday, May 27th, 2022. Ugh. And we're back. How about that, guys? Yeah. No, we're back. That's, we are starting a cult that's great. I'm Jake Mishes in the room. It's true. It feel, to me, it feels like it's been a long week. Um, yeah. It's a like lot weird. of stuff. It feels like we somehow like missed an episode, but like we didn't. We did one. Last week, what did we, uh... Time's just dragging. What did we talk about last week? That's an excellent remember. question. Oh. Uh, the news! Oh. That's what it was. Thanks, Mitch. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. I was like, uh, what did we talk about? The news. Um, well, we're going back to the roots of the show, I guess you could say. Or at least the roots of the title of the show. Yeah, the topic appears in, yeah. our, in our title. And we're doing a fan-requested episode... On the Blackburn cult. It's How true. about that? Hey, so, Shawnee. Today we're going to take you. a little journey back in time. Uh, about 100 years or so. A little bit. Um, yeah. Possibly even earlier just to get some deets. But we're going you know, to go about 100 years back. And um, we're going to have uh, some conversations about these crazy fucking weird religious these psychos. Pretty yeah. much. Um just at the top of uh, the episode, you know, I'm sure we'll get to it at a certain point. Um, I feel it, it's weird that you have to say this, but, um, you know, we cover a lot of death and murder. Yeah. Um, but we don't often cover things that uh, encompass animals, you know. Um, there will be something about that, so if that's not your cup of tea, just be ready. Just be ready. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll get to it, though. Just But it, just just be warned ahead of time. Um there's going to be some dead animals, all right? <laughs> it's so weird that people have to be warned about that, but not like... And then he was tortured for months on end. Yeah, it is. It's Broke an, his legs going out the window. It's I'll like, oh this. my God. <laughs> um, if you want a little precursor, uh, you know, I'm not going to spill any of the beans. Um, don't... I, I wouldn't let my dog listen to this episode, all right? <laughs> it's not going to be that bad. Yeah, it's not it's, it's, just, all right. it's really not, all right. but it's just funny to, to kind of throw that out there. And yeah, see yeah, yeah. See, I want to know where your mind takes you when I say that. Look at the statistics on this episode and see where people stopped <laughs> yeah, listening. Like, I stopped at exactly three minutes because they said uh, 
they wouldn't let their dogs listen to this episode. Um, but yeah, people are kind of different about that. But anyways, there's some fun names. There's some fun characters. There's a guy with a weird mustache. It's fun. Um, it's going to be a good episode. There's so, a ton of stuff. So get ready to strap in and have a good time. It's true. The Blackburn Cult. Okay, officially the Divine Order of the Royal Arms of the Great Eleven. Now you which know Which is an insanely long title. Isn't it? I mean, okay, now this might just be the inner, like, nerd in me. Is it funny that we're doing this episode today um, when this is the day that the new season of Stranger Things comes out? Are there any Stranger Things fans out there? Are there Stranger Things than this? No, the, the Order of Eleven. Oh my! That's God. like the main character in oh that show. Oh my God, you're Her right. Eleven. We Come could probably on. fit Divine Order and Royal Arms in there somewhere too, but I'm Eleven starting, is. I'm starting to think that's, that's just on like a nerd thing that I thought of. Okay, I but, think you're just really excited to watch a show. I am. That show is. It's a lot better than I, I ever gave it credit for. Like, yeah, it's, dude. It's interesting. When, when I first got you into it, you're like, Nah, it's not really my thing. And then you watched all fucking seasons within a week. I'll be honest. See, I thought it was like... Because when there's like teens involved, you know, it's like... I kind of thought it'd be a lot more like soap opera-y and dramatic and stuff. But like, it's pretty good. Like, it's got like some scary movies elements to it as, long, yeah. as well as like suspense. It's, it's like It's like good. a more frightening teenage Goonies. Th- yeah. That's you know? A, that's a good way to put it. It's like, it's Goonies... Uh, older version, you know. Yeah, it's it's a good ride. Like it's a good show for sure. Yeah, but anyways, eleven. The, the yeah, Blackburn Cult. Because the I'm Blackburn not Cult. That yeah, name. they didn't call themselves the Blackburn Cult, but you mm. know they they called themselves the Divine Order of the Royal Arms of the Great Eleven. I I feel like of the should not appear in your titles ever. Yeah, of but the said it should, well, it shouldn't appear more than once. You know. Yeah. Uh, or simply the Great Eleven. All right, so they, they shortened it at some point. It was a cult that popped up around the beginning of the 20th century, and the cult mainly surrounded like biblical ideas, so their leaders said. But let's just leave uh, the intro to the fact that at some point there's going to be a body. Oh, yeah. And there's going to be some spices. Spices. And man's best friend is intermingled in there somewhere. Oh, yeah. I just love... I, one of the things that really sucked me in more... Because like at first... It's always hard to get into something you're not familiar with, you know. Like, there's... I was learning about this as I was writing the script. No, sit, I was like, like I, <laughs> I've never heard of this. I spent many a time uh, this week on break at work, uh, just reading about this in the back, and it, you know, it really brought me in more than anything were the names, like the names. There's of people, some great names in this story. They're just perfect names that seem almost fictional like if this was a tv show which it isn't it's real life i would watch it solely based on the names alone exactly like that's what really like got my attention i was like all right so what did this guy fucking do like this it's just it's wild like you're gonna you'll see it's great i love it uh probably an appropriate place to start will be with the cult's founder and leader all right may blackburn Mm -hmm. all right uh, so now I, I couldn't find like a crazy amount of detail on her like really early life, but yeah, you, there's you know. not a whole lot, but, uh, but May Otis Blackburn, she was born on August 2nd of 1881 in Storm Lake, Iowa. Mm-hmm. Even the name of the town. It's cool. And if you're a fan of government names, it's Matilda. 
Fuck even that. Funnier. No, it's May. No, I know. I'm not going to forever be until, May. I, You know, if you're a government name type of person, you know, some people are, some people aren't. Yeah, you motherfuckers were calling me Jacob earlier. I hated that. Yeah, it was funny. That was not good. I like that. All right. Uh, she lost her father <laughs> very early in her life, uh, around the age of four. And uh, it's so, according to her, that's supposedly um, when she started hearing voices. Oh. The age of four. All right. Oh, and her dad died in some freak train accident that could never be proven, so it was just like a big mystery. Pretty it's much, like, yeah. He just is gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, so whether they, you know, whether they were intrusive thoughts or auditory illusions, I'm not sure. But she was hearing voices at the age of four, and these voices seemingly never went away because she, years down the line, after you know they after they first appeared at the age of four, she began to interpret them as the voice uh, of God. Oh, just telling yeah. her to do stuff. Yeah, she's... Yeah. Yeah, she's one of those. Uh, to, uh, as a young lady, though, uh, there, there were there were no... Pho- though there were no, like, photographs of her at the time, it's said that she was, like, super uh, attractive. And so she had, like, a long line of suitors at any given moment. Well, okay, good for her. Yeah, that makes sense. It's good. Good uh, for her. She was very much looking for a man of wealth, though. And eventually married a man by the name of John Wayland. John Wayland. At the age of 16. Mitch just looked at me right when I said that because everyone pronounces my name Wayland. But well, it's not. I was going with Smithers. That too. But it's Wayland here. Wayland is all so, isn't, nah, It's just phonetically. It sounds so stupid. A little bit, yeah. Um, a little bit. At the age of 16, she married John Wayland. The the newlywed couple then moved out to South Dakota, where it didn't take long for the relationship to go south. Uh, according to Ruth, her husband proved to be a gambling addict who would abuse her if uh, she refused to give him money for his many bets. Mm-hmm. And you can't really have that. She left John while pregnant with her first and only child, Ruth Angelina. Ruth. And she was born on July 25th of 19... Yeah, no, 1899. That's that's better. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, shortly after Ruth was born, May received a letter informing her that John Wayland was shot in a mine what over a, a mine dispute in California. What a place to get sh- like if you're in a mine, you, the last thing I'm thinking of is getting shot. You hear a gun go off in a mine, you're gonna want to kill yourself by how much your ears hurt. I cannot even imagine. You know, that would truly that would be suck. insane. So, yeah, he was in a mine dispute. Uh, let's see. Yeah, mine dispute. He was in California. He's dead. So the letter says, So May did what any widow would do. She dropped Ruth off with her mom and stepdad and went off with another man named Rudolph Schultz. Nice. All right, Rudolph. Uh, that was in 1900, and the two were married by 1901. Okay. So she moves quick. At the ceremony, one of the witnesses just so happened to be a clairvoyant and medium named Lucy Lamb. LL for short. Doesn't that sound like a porn star? Lucy Lamb, baby. Come get bit. some of the lamb chop. <laughs> That's the tagline. Yeah, it yeah, is. Nice. All right, uh, let's see. Many think that May's relationship with Lucy was the beginning of her interest into the paranormal as well as the use of it to gain power over others. And their money. You know, the money's always good. Now, May never told Rudolph about her daughter, Ruth. All right? And when Ruth... uh, uh, Wait. 
made when Ruth May's mother and stepdad moved to the Pacific Northwest, uh, May begged her husband to move there as well. All right. Okay. And her excuse was that she wanted to be closer to her mother, Ruth, uh, or her mother and Ruth, who May uh, claimed was her sister. This is kind of like a classic teenage pregnancy thing. Classic. Classic situation. Eventually, Rudolph broke down and the couple moved to Portland, Oregon to be close to the family. Oh, yeah. Right. wonder what Portland was like back then. Beavers. Beavers, Mitch says. Beavers. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it was 1901. Beavers are still hot. Give it a good couple. Give it like a little bit more than a decade. And she's about to bring a great delivery to Portland, Oregon. There I'll you tell go. You that. There you go. Um, at some point around this time, May confesses to Rudolph that Ruth is indeed her child and not her sister, and the three live a somewhat like happy family life. So Rudolph was just like totally chill with that crazy, insane lie. Uh-huh. Uh, that was until May receives another letter in the mail. This time claiming that John Wayland is alive. Oh, He's no. still alive. He didn't get shot at all. Uh, this was an interesting plot twist considering the fact that May and John had never divorced, which meant that May and Rudolph's uh, marriage was illegitimate. Makes okay. sense, right? We got problems here now. Yeah, we got problems. Well, uh, many speculate that this was merely an excuse to break things off with old Rudolph. All right? Poor Rudy. Was, yeah, I know. Well, there's, there was no evidence that Wayland was still alive and that, that it appeared after this. And May uh, never sought him out after she left. Uh-huh. Instead, May took Ruth and began seeing a man named Fremont Everett. Everett. That's probably, how you'd say it. That's you know. probably one of my favorite names in the story. Oh, see, no, mine's coming later. Fremont Everett. Oh, that's a good one, too, though. I won't lie. Okay. I won't lie. <laughs> he was a really rich man. And he was also a really uh, married man. So, uh, she, she's banging this rich boy. And he's se- he's like setting her up with all these apartments and properties behind his wife's back. Uh, from these apartments and such, May is starting to, you know, make a good amount of money. All right? And not too long after gaining these lucrative assets, does she cut things off with Fremont, claiming that she can't be with a married man? Poor Everett, That's man. That's not the Christian thing to do. Poor Mr. Everett. Not right. He's got everything. Money, a wife, happiness. Not anymore. Yeah. She took all of those away in one fell swoop. Yeah, it's all gone. All his properties. So, yeah, she went. She would go on to uh, to marry and dump more and more men just, like, after getting a decent hunk of change from them. That was kind of her, uh, her M.O. there. It could be worse. You know, she could be, like, killing them, you know? Or, like, bobbiting them, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 it's not great, but it, it could have been a lot worse, I it's think. It's not the worst thing that could happen, Definitely okay? Definitely not. Get over yourself. Yeah, I, right? she's... Yeah, okay. Everything's fine. It's been established. She's just, just one of those, you know? All right, so still living in Portland, May began attempting to get Ruth to become a star on the super new form of entertainment known as the picture shows. The moving pictures. The silver screen. So, uh, she was like funding movies, like movie shoots, like film productions, all that, with all the money that she uh, she was uh, getting from all her past lovers, you know? Uh, Though nothing was quite working out uh, how May planned. 
So so Ruth was not a hit on on the silver screen. It seems. No, I will. I'll, I'll tell you this. I th- this is kind of what sucked me in initially. Um, it's kind of an interesting little fact if you're a movie buff. All right. Yeah. Um. So in 1917, um, she produced a movie and starred in the movie, um, along with her daughter called A Nugget in the Rough. All right. Gold. Uh, yeah, A Nugget in the Rough. And this was actually um, the first film that came to Portland, Oregon. Really? That, yeah, this is the first film, and it was a total flop. Uh, they hated it. Wait, that came to Portland, Oregon, or from? Because I remember like reading that like the, the, town, like, the community of Portland was really supportive of her as she was doing it. It was the first, like, as far as I'm able to ascertain, it was filmed there in Portland, okay, Oregon. Okay, sick. Um, I don't know. Yeah, not like the first to like be shown there. I don't know. Yeah, I was um, like, really? That's but, nuts. Yeah, it took. Pl- I, I don't know if it necessarily took place um, in Portland, but it was filmed in and around the Portland, the Greater Portland area. The Greater Portland area. And uh, yeah, so within a year after that, uh, they moved to Los Angeles. How about that? How about that? Yeah, yeah. So, um, oh God, I lost my place. Well, no, yeah, she was making movies, all these things. She was going through money. They take what money's left, and they they left for Hollywood. All right, where things would still not really work out to become a star. To become a star, and it kind of goes the same way. A lot of uh, people that move out to Hollywood, how that story ends. Yeah, May is running out of money before too long, and Ruth is uh, her acting is not getting better, and um, she started dancing. May did for money, and a fun detail that was pretty highlighted heavily in the research that I was doing at least was that she was uh, particularly a pantless dancer bottomless dancer there yes and even further this was completely new to me um the title that or at least you know the the now title um that they give is called a taxi dancer yeah I heard that too and I was like I um I'm not even I don't even want to start like adding that to my vernacular yes, like so if i just start throwing that around i'm gonna have to explain it every time she was a taxi dancer taxi. Um, and essentially yeah it's the same thing as an erotic dancer she was a bottomless uh exotic dancer but the taxi dancers exclusively worked in cars dancing in cars uh, see, back then that's the thing is like there just say, like a huge pole like protruding out the top i really think it's just a nice way of saying she sucked dicks in cars so a prostitute. I, yeah, I mean, I really think that's like the nicest possible way of saying that. <laughs> I, don't know, I was just thinking, like I said, like just a stripper pole going up through the roof of a car. What about bridges? You know, that's what I was thinking of. Oh, but uh, but yeah, I, I guess mean, yeah, probably just a prostitute, huh? Don't get me wrong, I I could very easily be incorrect on that assumption, but um, she's not wearing any pants and she's dancing uh for people that are in their cars and she sometimes gets in those cars. Very enclosed she's, spaces. Yeah. She's a prostitute, yeah. essentially. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, they're they're out of money. <laughs> she's uh she's pantless dancing. Uh, amazing Hollywood dancing sans pants. Uh fucking quickly running out of money and trying desperately to get her young daughter Ruth, who she for much of her life claimed was her sister, on the big screen. Uh classic Hollywood tale, right? Oh yeah. <clears throat> Alright, well, uh it's it's around nineteen twenty two at this point. And the City of Angels. And guess who fucking shows up to May and Ruth, Grant? I know. 
fucking angels. It's all right? Gabriel and Michael. The archangels yeah. <laughs> just come to visit. You know, like May the, and Ruth. Like the two biggest angelic figures in the Bible. Yeah, and they brought good news, too. Oh, excellent right? news. Excellent yeah. news. The angels told these two ladies that they were the witnesses and were going to be enlightened for the next 1,260 days of prophecy. Oh, yeah. All right, and they were supposed to like uh, write this fucking text. They were they were directed to do this text. It was called the sixth, the the great sixth seal. All right, uh, while isolating themselves and learning the secrets of life, health, and heaven and earth. All right, simple task. I just want to. This is so. I, I know this is super nitpicky and annoying. I just want to know how exactly long one thousand six hundred and twenty-two days is. Yeah, go ahead. Um, it's. Pretty much, it's four years and five months. Good amount of time. Yeah, it's a pretty yeah. pretty hefty amount of time. Oh, that's good. It's, it's super irrelevant. I just, like, I heard that and I was like, I want to put that into relative time. It's like a college career with a few extra classes in there. You're yeah. It's like, all right, you're enlightened. Yeah, you took an extra You semester. got it all. Undergrad. Mm-hmm. That's all you need. All right. Yeah. So, uh, the book, uh, you know, they were writing the Great Sixth Seal. So, the book was to be called the Sixth Seal, right? Okay. Apparently, the seventh seal is basically doomsday, the end of the world, yes. rapture, all that, okay? The sky is going to open up, Jesus is going to come down, angels, and everything's, and no one's going to live. Everyone's going to die. Well, Gabriel and Michael told May and Ruth that once the seventh seal opens and the sky, you know, opens and everyone fucking dies, they, along with nine others, will survive... Uh, they'll run the world, and they'll live in big fancy houses in Olive Hill, Hollywood. Yep. Pretty Hence the grade sweet. 11. Pretty sweet gig. Mm-hmm. Uh, so May and Ruth get writing. You know, they, they want that, what these archangels are telling them. All right, so at this time, if you haven't picked this up, Ruth is, like, pretty much a grown-up now. All right? Not necessarily a child anymore. Yeah, she's, like, in her mid to late 20s-ish, yeah. give or take. She's a young woman. Uh, she had even gotten married to a man and left him because, uh, but like, uh, you know, it just wasn't working out. But she couldn't afford to actually divorce him, mm-hmm. right? So she was like, I'm leaving, but I can't afford divorce. So what does she do? Well, like mother, like daughter, Grant. Because Ruth, uh, she begins seeing another man named Arthur, all right? Oh, and yeah. she gets him to front the money for the divorce and then promptly leaves him as well. How sad. It's like, pay for me to get rid of this guy. All right, get out of here. You know? All right, so this occurred about a year into May and Ruth writing their book. And they pretty much completely ran out of money. All right? So they're, they're just absolutely destitute. So what do they do? They move back to Portland, Oregon to live with May's mom and stepdad. And their stories and teachings, uh, they're, they're just going to, you know... Continue to write them down, the sacred enlightened text. Uh-huh. All right. So, while in Oregon, the two begin expounding all of their uh, all their, their writings and things to everyone who will listen. And while this sort of sounds like any... Well, it, it sounds like the type of rant that I'd, you know, be given on any given street corner in the Chicago South Loop. Mm-hmm. But it, like, it, it worked for them. They actually received donations, and they had, like, 12 to 15 followers. Yeah, and like keep the the thing to me. This is what really kind of stuck with me was that they were getting money with the promise that through these donations you would receive 
the book, like early access to this book with like the deleted scenes, essentially, you know? Yeah. So it's like you could have a better chance of maybe being one of those 11 or yeah, something. Yeah. In, in the most simplest of terms, where we're at right now, it's sexy Scientology. Sexy Scientology. That's all you need. That That is what's happening here. Yeah. Okay. It's pretty. It's pretty interesting. Had L. Ron Hubbard been a much more like conventionally attractive man, he probably could have gotten a, a, a lot more money than he did. I mean, he got a lot. But he I think have he did more. just fine, dude. So some of those Scientology women are crazy for that boy. Oh yeah, I mean, but he he could have had more. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. There, he. I feel like I don't know this for certain. I'm not super super well versed in the history of Scientology and where they're drawing their influence from. But I would imagine that at least some of that practice was used similar to how the Blackburn cult got its beginnings, you know? No, I'd say, yeah. I think it's a fair comparison. It makes sense. It just does. Uh, all right, so now with, with the help from their followers' belief and their money, uh, May and Ruth are able to move back to California where things become immediately culty. All right? Just cult up the ass all, like just immediately. Uh, so May names their group the Divine Order of the Royal Arms of the Great Eleven. Names herself a High Priestess, and Ruth gains the title of the Grand Royal of the Water of the Father's Blood. Yeah. That's another of the that appears twice. I don't like this. All right, uh, there's there's even an initiation ceremony that uh, where they all come up and... Uh, you know, the new members and stuff, they want to initiate them. They're all dressed in uh, purple robes, and then you dance all around, and uh, you're like a whirling dervish or whatever. And eventually, uh, you start dancing nude. Okay. Perhaps hearkening back to to May's uh, bottomless dancing days. Hell yeah, taxi dancer coming in handy. Damn right. So May and Ruth are dancing. Uh, they're not, well, that they're probably dancing nude as well. But uh, they're uh, they're living with all these people. All right, they're all living together, doing all these fun, wacky rituals, and everything's great. Okay, well, all of the members' uh, funds, because you know they were nude dancing in a cult and not working, uh, their funds kind of dried up a little bit. A little bit right. is an understatement, I would say. They yeah. ran out of money again. <laughs> they were broke as shit. <laughs> yeah, uh, and this was not good for May and Ruth. This is when the classic negative things associated with cults began to uh, arise. Mm-hmm. May quickly began limiting what their fo- what their followers could uh, could eat, could the, what they could consume. You know, uh, May's quirks were also coming out in the form of she refused to touch anyone or allow anyone to touch her. All right, and she again began referring to Ruth as her sister. Okay. And this is especially strange because she started making everybody else call her mother. All right, she's getting a little crazy. She's getting a little weird with the with the roles here. Getting just, the just a little strange, a little bit strange. Yeah. So money's tight and things are getting intense with this cult. All right, so around this time, uh, May's mother remarries again after the death of May's stepdad, uh, this time to a man named Blackburn. You see where the name came from. Oh, yeah. All right. Uh, So May asked Blackburn to sell his grocery store to fund her and Ruth's cause. Which is a pretty presumptuous thing to ask of just a new member of the family. It's like, hey, can you, like, sell your business so I can be in California with these fucking freaks dancing? Yeah, why not? I would hate that. That's okay, though. (laughs) I guess. 
Uh, let's see. Yeah. So, uh, insanely enough, he does it, and then he gives the money to May, and May and Ruth then buy a print shop to work on their scripture. Okay. So they say. And uh, uh, here's a weird, suspicious thing. May also marries her new stepbrother, Ward Blackburn. Nice. <laughs> Some weird Pornhub type shit going on here. Uh, more than likely, this marriage was part of the deal with Mr. Blackburn, grocery store man, because Ward was not a rich guy. He came from money, but he was not a rich guy. Uh, he reportedly smelled insane all of the time. Cool. <laughs> like, he smelled crazy he's a quirky guy insane sense coming from this guy uh he was younger than may's daughter ruth so he's a young ass dude and uh oh yeah he was a child molester oh yeah he didn't have much going for him so i feel like that was part of the deal yeah (laughs) mish is bewildered yeah all right uh so he had uh he had none of the attributes of may's past lovers no 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 (laughs) Um, Yet another twist of romantic expectation. It's said that May was seen to have a particular draw to young women and their beauty. Okay. So uh, that's something. And though there was no account of her acting on all these alleged sexual proclivities, um, there was enough evidence to make this known and generally kind of understood by everyone around him. All right, yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. A lot of weird romantic stuff going on. Ruth, uh, she also around this time, she began seeing uh, a man named Sam Rizzio. Oh, he's my favorite. That was your favorite? <laughs> just his <laughs> story like a baseball in general. Player. Yeah. It, just the story of this man, is he's the best. He is. Uh, he, was, he was also way too young for, for Ruth. Um, so Sam was raised Catholic. And he was very devout. You know, that was his whole life. Was I'm a Catholic guy. That's all I have. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, which led to many arguments between the two. Right? And apparently these arguments got, like, got so heated at, at one point that one of them ended with Sam hitting Ruth and storming off. Yeah. You can't do that. And supposedly, supposedly he hit her so hard that it drew some blood. She was bleeding. Yeah. Her members did not like that. Bloody Ruth, you know. Uh, so, yeah, it, it it didn't end well, I'd say. Uh, he did end up coming back, returning shortly after, uh, however, claiming that he uh, he was ready to convert to her and her mother's teachings. Uh-huh. So he had just an immediate change of heart. Who knows what brought him back? I love what's, the, but... <laughs> what's funny. The visual, visualize this. So when he comes back... Um, she's actually surrounded by a wall of her followers like in a, in a circle they're encircling this woman to shield her from the violent outburst of Sam oh this makes a lot more sense as to why he may have converted yeah so they're okay. they're literally <laughs> shielding her as if he's going to come in and like kill her um, I was just picturing this in like the front room of a ranch style house just the two of them or something yeah, I I couldn't really get like where this took place, um, but it was yeah they were surrounding her in a sort of human shield type of uh, type of method there. Well, that's sweet. Yeah, that's real sweet, you know. Oh, uh, well, he yeah he returned everything. Uh, he was just like going to convert. It's going to be great. Uh, so who knows what brought him back? But when he did, Ruth told him that part of the initiation was to take part in a symbolic death ritual. 
in All which right. they kill his old self and in order to move forward into his new you know beliefs a new man under new teachings okay um well sam agreed and the ritual took place and guess who was never fucking seen again yeah sam mm-hmm. no one knows what happened to this guy <laughs> sam is fucking donezo he's just gone and all right so super weird uh, about this ruth was reportedly uh seen the day prior purchasing poisonous chemicals yeah super weird no way it connects and but sam's uh mother actually received a letter um and the letter all it said was that uh Sam is now a high priest in the uh, the Great Eleven. Oh, good for him! And he is now invisible to less spiritual eyes. Invisible, <laughs> and that was all it said. It was all it said. Just no, like to or from. It was no. just like this is this is how it's going down. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, Jesus Christ! All right, around this time, May, uh, May, and uh, Ruth. Wait. May and Word of the Cult. Sorry about that. Uh, around this time, May and Word of the Cult got to the nephew of an extremely wealthy oil magnate named Clifford Dabney. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's another. He's high on the list. All right. And uh, and she convinces this guy to give her $50,000, which back then was $815,210.53. Okay. So it's a lot of money. All right. And she she was like, I'm going to buy this land. I'm going to build houses and and a temple. It's going to be great. May convinces Clifford to fork over this cash by saying that once the world ends and she is one of the remaining 11, she'll let him in on the coordinates of all of the gold on Earth, which would apparently be revealed to her upon the world's ending. Mm Mm-hmm coordinates that i i guess i heard somewhere were like carved on the bottom of the fucking noah's ark or something yeah yeah something like that. i don't even know but anyway he was just like oh that sounds amazing I'll, I'll give you anything you want so construction begins she got the money all right all the followers are building all these cabins all they're surrounding enor- an enormous temple right uh, inside this temple is an 800-pound throne modeled after a lion completed with a head and paws for legs. Kind of cute. Yeah. All right. That's Jesus' um, throne, baby. Yeah, it is. Once the temple was completed, they sealed it up for that very reason. They're just like, Jesus is going to come down, and he's going to need a fucking place to sit. Yeah, he's, gonna, he's not going to sit in like a, a regular chair, you know? He's not going to stoop to your bean bag. Mm-mm. All right? Well... Uh, so yeah, it was Jesus' seat. Um, so that remains closed. All right, sealed off for him. In total, around the temple, there were 12 cabins and two houses. One of the houses was reserved for May and Ruth, while the other was, uh, given to the Rhodes family. All right, and they had been supporters and followers of the cult since its inception. So they deserved a house, you know? Uh, the Rhodes family, they were, they were pretty wealthy, so they... They funded the the cult pretty well, and they had a very young adopted daughter named Willa, uh, who may seem to have some sort of infatuation with. Sort of weird. Willa. Willa. Uh, May gave Willa uh, the title of princess in the cult, and also gave her, here it is, uh, seven puppy dogs. Oh, yeah, bring it on. We got the seven puppy dogs. 
Sadly, Willa died very young, all right? So she wasn't around very long <laughs> um, due to an infected abscess in her mouth. And uh, But this does not discourage May, right? Uh, she told the Rhodes family that everything was going to be fine uh, because, you know, once the seventh seal opens, all the followers of the cult, they're going to come back to life. Yeah, so everything's going to be good. all the Rhodes family's got to do is preserve the body and all would be fine. All right, so the family, they, they take Willa's body, they put it in a tub, pack it with hundreds of pounds of ice and preserving chemicals, and basically just keep that up as long as they can. Yeah. It's really it's simple. It's as simple as that. It's, That's what, uh, what's the place we talked about? Alcor or some shit? Oh, yeah, yeah, the cryogenic place. Yeah. yeah or cryonics or whatever. Cryo. Core. I don't know. It was something core, wasn't it? Yeah, it was Alcor. You Alcor. had the name right. All right. Well, so, uh, let's see. Uh, a detail about this situation, you know, they're like, they're just, all right, our daughter's body is on ice, it's good. We'll just refill it with ice every now and again. A detail about this situation uh, that's worth knowing, the Rhodes family kind of moved around a lot, and they couldn't very well leave Willa unsupervised. No. All right? So, when they traveled, they propped her up uh, in the car, and just drove her wherever they needed to go and promptly put her on ice once they got there. Makes sense, makes sense. It's a traveling corpse. Weekend at Willow's. <laughs> I'd watch it. I'd watch it. Uh, insane. All right, so, well, after doing this for a while, the Rhodes family began to think, like, hey, maybe this isn't, like, the correct thing to do with our dead daughter's uh, remains. Why not? I don't know. I don't know, man. They they all I know is they asked May's permission to bury their daughter, to which May said, like, yeah, sure, like go ahead. Uh so the Rhodes family, uh, they get this copper lined coffin. All right. Uh they put Willa inside, pack it again with ice, and they bury her underneath her parents' bedroom floor, surrounded by here it is again. The bodies of the seven dogs gifted to her by May that are believed to have been sacrificed because May and Ruth were known to include the occasional animal sacrifice in their rituals. Yes. Um, yeah. This, this whole fucking situation is kind of bad shit right now. Um, I, I, it's a I'm, little over the top, I'd say. I'm going to ask a question because I, I, don't know, I, I don't know if I heard it or not. Did we talk about how Willa died? It was, she got like an infected something in her mouth and it was turned into an abscess it was quite literally just a toothache that yeah got infected and that's how she died I, which i think is insane it's not like she had some crazy th- it was just a fucking toothache that yeah, man. she died from shouldn't your face getting infected going right down to the heart come on yeah it's uh no bueno no bueno no bueno at all but uh so yeah they're, they're sacrificing animals all right, uh, the seven dogs are dead. They're scattered about all around her coffin. Where is, uh, so we're we're in um, uh, we're in nineteen twenty eight now. Okay, all right, and a woman is brought to the divine order of the royal arms of the Great Eleven by her sister. All right, so this woman's name is Frances Turner. Again, great name. There's a good name. It's a good name. Solid. Uh, so she was paralyzed, and she was also nonverbal, so she couldn't move or speak. Very, that's awful. And her sister brought her to May and Ruth, looking for just some sort of miracle cure, like to help her sister back to her old self. Because I guess this was not how she always was. 
No, probably not. Yeah, so now this cult had a bunch of large freezers as well as ovens for the supposed preservation of their followers upon the seventh seal opening. So May, what May does here, she tells this woman that if she puts her paralyzed sister into their oven, it will purify and restore her body through the grace of God. Yep. It doesn't. (laughs) No, 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 no. Uh, so the woman agrees, and they leave Francis in the oven for two fucking days. Mm-hmm. Two days. They... <laughs> it's insane. How long do you think it took till she died? Like five minutes. Five minutes. Five. If it's well, hot I mean, enough, five minutes. What temperature do you think this is at? Is it a cool three fifty? If, if it's at three fifty, that's a bacon she's dead temp in like right three there. Three minutes. <laughs> All right. And you know what? You know what's fucked up about this? I have this, no concept of how long people can be in an oven. No, me neither. Like, um, this is not the last time they use the fucking oven, um, because after this experiment fails, um, somebody that just has pretty much what we would call the common cold is put in there to get cured, and they're only in there for a few hours, and they were dead as well. Okay. Yeah. Not they the they really wanted to use these ovens. I feel like it was just an impulse buy, and they're like, we have to incorporate this somehow or else we're going to look like idiots. Yeah, it's like when you're at the grocery store and you buy some food that like looks good, and you take it home, and you're like, I don't really want it, but I I paid for it, so I'm like going to eat it. And you just, you're not happy about it, but you're like... It's like, all right, well, we're going to get our mileage out of this. It kills us. Yeah, essentially, they're like, fuck it. Just start throwing shit in the oven, you know? Let's see what happens. <laughs> it's good for food, right? Yeah. It's good for us. Yeah. So Francis, she was fucking cooked, all right, literally. And when the when the woman asked May, you know, uh, the Francis's sister, when she asked May why it didn't work, May just told her it must not have been a part of God's plan because if it if it was, he would have restored her. Yeah, pretty much. You know. So this draws a little attention, right? Like, which makes sense. Uh, word starts getting around to people, uh, and and they start thinking, hey, where'd all these people go? You know, because there's a couple dead bodies under these people's belts. Mm-hmm. A know? few, a few. Yeah. And at the same time, Clifford Dabney, he's starting to realize how insane it was of him to give these people a small fortune in order to get the location of the world's gold after everyone dies. Just, yeah. You gotta be dead first. <laughs> so he calls the police. He just calls the police. And the police are kind of bewildered, to say the least. Um... Uh, just by the story. I mean, like, it's the 1920s, and this would be something insane now. Oh, yeah. And this is this just plops on their desk back then. Yeah, it's like, you know, oh, like, shit. <laughs> like, I've never even conceived of anything like this. All right, so uh, the police go out to Blackburn, cl- the cult, you know, their community, and, uh, and, and they end up arresting May for fraud against Dabney. All right, fraud charges is all it is. While there, the police also took a look around the Rhodes family abode as well, where they quickly discovered the batshit insane situation that was underneath the bedroom floorboards. Oh, yeah. But once an autopsy was done, it was found that Willa indeed died of natural causes and the bodies of Sam and Francis, uh, they just disappeared. No one ever saw those things again. Yeah, no one knew anything about those other than just they disappeared. Pretty much. So May just could not be charged for murder, right? So she does go to prison, though, right? So it's uh, she, she's in charge. Uh, 
No, she's in the charge. She's charged for defrauding two hundred thousand uh, dollars, which is three million two hundred and sixty thousand eight hundred and forty-two and eleven cents dollars. Um, and and she's found guilty on eight counts of grand theft. All right, so she goes to prison, but just for a year because she manages to successfully appeal the case. Yes, she does. Interesting. The case went to the California Supreme Court. They ruled that the money was freely given to May, and religious freedom made it almost impossible for the justice system to get involved. There you go. There's your answer. So there you go. So May's free, and she went back to uh, you know running the cult with Ruth. Um, but it, you know, expectedly, a lot of the followers that uh, they'd accrued, they became kind of disillusioned with the whole thing, and they dipped. Yeah, for the most part, because right. even the initial claims of fraud and stuff, there were actually cult members that were joining in on that, saying that they were trying to get involved in that. Yeah. Um. So she had lost people before this, and then coming back, she just couldn't retain that, that mother's status, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so May, Ruth, and uh, the few remaining you know followers that they had, they all moved to Lake Tahoe. Isn't that fun? How nice. That sounds nice. But uh, that's where May published a book called The Origin of God in 1936. Mm-hmm. So that's cool. Oh, and the book that May and Ruth uh, were supposedly tasked with writing by the Archangels Gabriel and Michael, uh, that was that was never published. No, and it's funny because um, I actually have a quote here, um, and this was from a member that had read some of the early drafts they were working with them to kind of like piece it together yeah and this is the report um quote the most astounding bewildering hodgepodge of biblical and mythical mythological references it makes zero sense end quote it's just like uh uh fucking dianetics yeah pretty much yeah pretty much cool Well, that was also, like, a big no-no for, like, most of the followers. Because, mm-hmm. like, I'm sure they, they fucking, uh, they approached ones maybe with, like, writing backgrounds. or like, can you help us? Yeah, like, but, insiders. But, yeah, know. but for the most part, it was, like, forbidden to even look at the text before it was, it was yeah. done. I mean, as far as any information that's available today, it seems that there were only, only May and Ruth were the ones that actually knew what it was. And there may have been may have been one other person that read certain even just maybe a page or two of a draft yeah uh yeah. but yeah that that's about the extent of people that got to see it yeah but she put out this origin of god book that was 36 and uh but other than published in this book she was never really heard from again until her death in 1951 yeah which is weird and that book really uh didn't do much it didn't like sell very no, well no, or anything no. like that no one really cared about it so it's thought-provoking it was probably just burned by by the catholics huh yeah honestly. that seems like a book burning uh kindling right it there. does it seems like the you perfect know? book to burn yeah well ruth uh you know may's daughter she went on to publish multiple books actually in in kind of in the same vein as her mother's uh past publication uh, until her death in 1978. So they're dead. How about that? I, I don't think the cult's still around anymore, but that's the Blackburn cult. No, yeah, and I mean, the the cult itself sort of died when she went to prison. 
Um, yeah, I mean, the few remaining followers that they had, it's like they, I, I have a feeling it was kind of just like a mutual living situation at that point afterward. Yeah. You know? Um, so at the end of the day, um, there's, there's a few conflicting reports, but the body count, at least that uh, the cult was not necessarily directly responsible for, but was responsible for nonetheless. But they were found out about yes um, after the cult yeah at the very minimum we're looking at four and at the very maximum we're looking at six or possibly seven um that that, that's just you know what the reports have there could be more there could be less no one really truly knows yeah i mean really like ruth like killing that dude that hit her it's like yeah i can see that that's cool yeah and i'm actually gonna go back to that for a minute yeah but the Um, ovens i just don't get the ovens yeah the ovens are weird so frank rizzio um What's interesting about him is this is kind of what initially started to rock the boat for, uh, you know, the great 11. Is was they, it whatever. Sam Rizzio? Uh, well, well, Frank is his brother. Oh, okay. Um, okay. So Sam disappears, and then his younger brother, Frank. Um, I should have led with that because they have the no, like, name. Wait a minute. Like, what? Um, so Frank Rizzio, uh, he was very suspect. Okay, He was like, what the fuck's going on? Um so he actually sort of infiltrated the Great Eleven for a few days. That's pretty cool. Um, and he actually hired May, um, or he got May to hire him as her personal chauffeur. So he was kind of on the inside, okay? You can hear some crazy conversations being a driver. Yeah, and um, after just a couple of days, um, Frank had found his brother's clothes and a suitcase. And he brought these to May and was like, yo, what the fuck? And pretty much her response was like, oh, well, maybe he's going to be coming back soon. Like, I don't know. I don't know what that is. That's your answer to everything, May. Um, so the family got involved. So this was, you know, the Rizzio family was like, we got to figure something out here, okay? Um, but what happened, this started to kind of bring some pressure onto May. However, she got real lucky here because they had some criminal background in the Rizzio family. Ah, uh, they always lean on that. Um, so Sam, the one who disappeared... Um, he was in juvenile hall for nine months previously um, for altering checks. For beating up women for Christ. <laughs> mm-hmm. And his father had actually been on the lam, uh, and he was wanted for a triple homicide in Chicago. That, that's just what you do in Chicago. Yeah. Um, so th- that really kind of led them to back off because, you know, then that would have brought everything back to light. No, yeah, that makes sense. And... So she really just caught a good break there with who it was. But so with that, Frank kind of gave up and was just like, well, he's probably fucking dead. And that was the end of that story for them. But then they started putting people in fucking ovens. Yeah. yeah I they still did. just did to purify them. I don't know. For two days. I don't know. I, I really <laughs> two don't days. know. That's insane. But yeah, I mean, that. So at the end of the day, this is not the weirdest cult, I think, in the world, but it's... No, but it is, like, interesting that it was at that point in time. Yeah. You know what I mean? It really kind of was able to flourish because of the interest of gold. Um, Women were a little bit more free with themselves around this time, like, maybe against the societal norm. It was the roaring 20s, dude. Anything went. Right. Bottomless dancing. And that led to Gold. May being a little bit more desirable, I think. And that really kind of sold this whole thing together, you know? Yeah. No, you're right. It was quite the package deal for the people that were interested. 
super weird that like her daughter was just there as well. Like she just brought her with her. Yeah, Ruth didn't seem to do anything really. She was just like held at equal esteem, and they they always kind of acted like they were sisters, which is you know it makes sense because like May said that she was her sister for so long, lying to a bunch of dudes. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I it feel like Ruth is just an afterthought in this story, and maybe her mom did get what she wanted in uh, making her a star because we're talking about her, and it was like a hundred years ago. Yeah, and I mean, really, Ruth kind of got away with a lot um initially they were gonna try her uh with her mother but then it was like there was just no evidence to support that she was involved past you know just yeah being it's like present. may's the trigger puller you know what i mean yeah so they they dropped all those charges on ruth and we're just like we're gonna focus on the one we can get right here um but yeah it's weird because it's not your typical cult you know i mean the there's really not a whole lot of belief. I mean, if you're going to compare this to like a Jonestown, I mean, or it is gate. What do you mean belief? Well, because it, it was all based around like Catholic ideas, just a re like a I don't know rearranging of them. Like it's kind of like Mormonism in that way. It was like they were writing the secret book that you couldn't read ever. It's like oh, it sounds a lot like that book that uh, what is his name. Joseph Smith. Joseph Smith found that only he could read. It's like, you know? Yeah, well, like, what I'm saying is it, 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 there's a common belief threaded throughout every member of this group, but it's not something, like, I think of, like, Jonestown, where they would have, you know, their mass or their, their church all the time. This was a lot more, it, it was about the end game. It wasn't so much about the day-to-day. You know? Yeah, it's more just like, can't wait for that seventh seal, huh? High five. Yeah, you like, know? May wasn't out there preaching to them every day at a specific time. Like, this is what we're going to do. This is, It was it was about what knowledge she had and when it was going to come out. Yeah. So it was more of this weird, like, I mean, yeah, followers is, is a good word, but it's more so hope for the future instead of the present. Yeah, that makes which sense. is interesting to me because I'm sure she found a way around it in like what she would preach and that kind of thing. But there's only going to be 11 people alive. Yeah, exactly. And Ruth and May are two of them. Yeah, and your they odds had are down. way more than nine followers. Yeah, so it, I don't know. I the don't whole know, thing, it, it's a little strange, but it, it definitely, I'm glad it was brought to our attention because I, I enjoyed it. No, yeah. Shawnee, thank you for the suggestion. We'll uh, we keep them coming. Anyone who wants to give us suggestions, just email us, startacultgmail.com, message us through Instagram. Yeah. However know. you get a hold of us. Let us know what's going on. But yeah, it is it, uh, badass. It was, a, it was an interesting topic and I liked it. I liked going back to it. It was good. Yeah. Still, we have not done enough cults to warrant our name, but I don't think we ever can now. Yeah, probably not. It's, you know? The percentage will never be high enough. No. Um, but it, it, the cults are interesting in that aspect, I'll, I will say, because it's kind of a little bit of everything. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure there's other cults that, like like I said, like I think way earlier in the episode, like I couldn't get a lot of details on a lot of parts of this story. Yeah. Well, you know, like just so the basic old. outline is pretty insane. But, yeah, like there's so many more cults that are more in the mainstream, like I, I guess. Uh, that people know about. So they delve deeper into it. There's like an insane amount of information about it. I wouldn't mind doing one of those one day. Yeah, no, I agree. But um, but this was a cool place to get that thought from. To hang our little you hats on. I mean? My little hat's hanging here. But I would say that is effectively our episode for the week. Yeah. That's what I no, would say. No, yeah, I'd, I'd say it is. 
I am I'm very grateful that you guys stuck around to to check it out. I think it was a fun little foray into uh, something that we don't cover super often. Um, more dead dogs than usual in this episode. I think more than any other episode we've done. I mean, serial kill. Yeah, they're usually going after cats, aren't they? Literally, the only one that I can think of is Ruby Ridge and poor little Stryker. Oh, Stryker's demise, dude. Yep. Go listen to that episode. That was one of my favorites. Poor little Stryker did not make it out of that story alive. But also, neither did you know Randy Weaver's wife. No. no. <laughs> no yeah, I mean, this kind of proves your point. We should warn people about dead dogs. But yeah, um, definitely uh, we'll be back next week with a hot new episode for you guys. Yeah. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you like the cult-themed episodes, it's something we could do more of. We probably shouldn't anyway, because we don't really do it as often. Who the fuck knows, man? But yeah, so we will be back, and I love you. Goodbye. Good. No, yeah. <laughs> you follow us and all the shit. Uh, as we are starting a cult, it's great. I'm Jake on all the shit. You should follow us. Uh, startacult at gmail.com. We got that. That's the email. Send us whatever. And then also we are on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and YouTube. You can like and subscribe there and comment. Reading the comments is the best part. Yes. And it also is. there's a link for uh, fucking Patreon down below where you get uh, bi-weekly episodes from me and Grant just talking about whatever the fuck. Yeah, pretty All much. Right. And Mitch was in the room, and Navi was outside. He's being a little good boy. He's not barking or anything. But, yeah, Mitch was in the room. It's Grant. I'm Jake. We are starting a cult. Goodbye. Bye. Bananas. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 